0: Chapter twenty four of Naval Occasions by Bartimaeus. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty four a picturesque ceremony S Parish Church was yesterday afternoon the scene of a picturesque ceremony. Local paper The torpedo lieutenant, hereinafter known as Torps, was awakened by the June sunlight streaming in through the open scuttle of his cabin overhead the quarter-deck men were busy scrubbing decks the grating murmur of the hollystones stones and swish of water from the hoses all part of each day's familiar routine sent his eyes round to the clock ticking on the chest of drawers for a while he lay musing watching with thoughtful gaze the disk of blue sky framed by the circle of the scuttle then as if in obedience to a sudden resolution he threw back the bedclothes and hoisted himself out of his bunk slipping his feet into a pair of ragged sandals he left his cabin and walked along the flat till he came to another a few yards away this he entered drawing the curtain noiselessly the occupant of the bunk was still asleep breathing evenly and quietly one bare forearm with the faint outline of a snake tattooed upon it lying along the coverlet for a few moments the newcomer stood watching the sleeper the corners of his eyes creased in a little smile men sometimes smile at their friends that way and at their dogs the face on the pillow looked very boyish somehow he hadn't changed much since britannia days really and they had been through a good deal between then and now wholesome lean old face it was no wonder a woman the sleeper stirred sighed a little and opened his eyes for a moment they rested clear and direct as an awakened child's on torp's face then he laughed a greeting "Hello, torp's he yawned and stretched and rising on one elbow thrust his head out of the scuttle thank heaven for a fine day number one back from leave yet yes he's back you're quite safe the other lay back in the bunk has phillips brought my tea yet he looked round helplessly what an awful pot mess my cabin is in those are presents that came last night they've all got to be packed what's the time why it's only half past seven torps you are the limit i swear i've always read in books that fellows stayed in bed till lunch on these occasions mugging up the marriage service i'm not going to get up in the middle of the night be blowed if i do torps lit a cigarette that's only in books we'll have breakfast and take your gear up to the hotel and then we'll play nine holes of golf just to take our minds off frivolous subjects golf my dear old ass i couldn't drive a yard well you're going to have to try anyway everything's arranged that can be you aren't allowed to drink cocktails you can't see her till two o'clock you'd fret yourself into a fever here in bed what else do you think you're going to do the prospective bridegroom stirred his tea in silence well i suppose there's something in that pass me a cigarette there's a box just there oh thanks old bird don't quite know why i should be treated as if i were an irresponsible and feeble-minded invalid just because i'm going to be married the best man laughed how do you feel about it yourself hmm. do you remember that morning at Chu? was that the name of the place it began to dawn and we saw those yellow devils coming up a thousand or so of the blighters we had a half company and no maxim do you remember it was devilish cold and we wanted our breakfasts and we were about sixteen torps smiled recollection bad as that very nearly i remember what they call in the quack advertisements that sickish feeling never mind turn out and scrape your face you'll feel much better after your bath outside in the flat the voice of some one carolling drew near for it is my wedding morning the victim groaned oh lord now they're going to start being comic all right it's only the india rubber man footnote, lieutenant for physical training duties End footnote. the curtain was drawn back and a smiling face surmounted by a shock of ruddy hair thrust into the cabin morning guns many happy returns of the day and all that sort of thing merry and bright the gunnery lieutenant forced a wan smile quite uh, thanks that's right and our torps in attendance with smelling salts condemned man suffered billington to pinion him without resistance the bridegroom sat up searching for a missile. look here for goodness sake that condemned man business been done before all the people who tell funny stories about fellows being married tut tut tuts in two places a pretty business forsooth "'Sense of humor going. Beginning of the end. "'Fractious. Tongue-furred, for all we know. "'Where's the young Doc? "'I suggest a thorough medical examination before it's too late.' "'Another face appeared, grinning in the doorway. "'Why, here he is. Doc, don't you think a stringent medical examination?' "'The gunnery lieutenant crawled reluctantly out of his bunk. "'You two needn't come scrapping in here. I'm going to shave, "'and I don't want to cut my face off.' the visitors helped themselves to cigarettes we don't want to scrap we want to see you shave guns watch him lathering himself with aspen hand they explored the cardboard boxes and parcels that littered all available space did you ever see such prodigal generosity as the man's friends display toast rack no home complete without one card case they probed among the tissue wrappings case of pipes handsome time timepiece suitably inscribed my ghost guns almost thou persuadest me yes those things came last night people are awfully kind the torpedo lieutenant intervened come on give him a chance i'll never get him dressed with you two messing about the gunnery lieutenant grinned above the lather at his reflection in the mirror do you hear that that's the way he's been going on ever since i woke up one would think i had g p i the visitors prepared to depart you have my profound sympathy torps said the surgeon i was best man to a fellow once faith i kept him under morphia till it was all over he was practically no trouble well i'm going to get my bath said the torpedo lieutenant when the well-wishers had taken their departure shove on any old clothes we'll send your full dress up to the hotel and your boxes to the house you needn't worry your old head about anything torps left the cabin there was a tap at the door and a private of marines entered surveying the gunnery lieutenant with affectionate regard i just come in to see if we was turnin out sir Razor all right better have a hot bath this morning sir his master's unaccountable predilection for immersing his body in cold water every morning was a custom that not even twelve years of familiarity had robbed of its awfulness i strip right down and had a bath meself sir more'n i was spliced he admitted as one who condones generously an inexplicable weakness but it were a hot one you best have it hot sir his master laughed no thanks phillips it's all right as it is will you be up at the house this afternoon and lend a hand after the ceremony the private of marines nodded sorrowfully i understand sir i have been married meself i knows all the routine as you might say he departed with a sigh that left a faint reminiscence of rum in the morning air and the gunner lieutenant proceeded with his toilette humming a little tune under his breath half an hour later he entered the wardroom clad in comfortable grey flannels and an old shooting coat the mess breakfasting received him with a queer mixture of chaff and solicitude the first lieutenant grinned over a boiled egg guns sorry i couldn't get back earlier to relieve you but uh, urgent private affairs you know all right number one as long as you got back before two o'clock this afternoon that's all i cared about he helped himself to bacon and poured out a cup of coffee marvellous the india rubber man opposite feigned breathless interest in his actions and murmured something into his cup about condemned men partaking of hearty breakfasts come on that's enough of the condemned man you'd better find out something about a groomsman's duties said the best man coming to the rescue of his principal am i a groomsman ah, so i am i'd forgotten what do i do show people to their seats this way please madam second shop through on the right have you any rich aunt's guns pon my word i might get off this afternoon you never know every nice girl loves a sailor which of the lovely bridesmaids falls to my lot do i kiss the bride you try it on retorted the prospective husband grimly can't i kiss anybody inquired the india rubber man plaintively not if they see you coming i shouldn't think cut in the paymaster from behind his paper then the head waiter and i will retire behind a screen and get quietly drunk i don't suppose anybody will want to kiss him either they never do anyhow we shall drift together blighted misogynists. the engineer commander glowered at the speaker suppose you reserve a little of this unparalleled wit i will chief beg pardon but there's something about a wedding morning don't you know screams of fun and roars of laughter sort of atmosphere he looked round the silent table now i've annoyed everybody ah me what it is to have to live with mouldy messmates and the india-rubber man drifted away to the smoking-room he ought to keep your little show from getting dull this afternoon said the first lieutenant the gunnery lieutenant laughed yes it's pleasant to find someone who does regard it as a joke the only trouble is that his bridesmaid is my young sister a flapper from school and i know he'll make her giggle in the middle of the service she doesn't want much encouragement at any time the speaker finished a leisurely breakfast and filled his pipe now then torps i am ready for you and your nine holes two the gunnery lieutenant sat down and began laboriously dragging on his wellington boots his best man stood in front of the glass adjusting the medals on the breast of his full dress coat this concluded to his satisfaction he picked up a prayer-book from the dressing-table now then guns a dummy run and read n will you have this woman why n objected the prospective bridegroom dunno it says n here i've never heard a parson say n ventured the other but it's years since i saw a wedding chuck me my braces well go on the best man continued i know that part that's the i will business uh, by the way where's the ring don't for heaven's sake let it out of your sight are my trousers hitched up too high no they're all right then you say i n take the n more n's we can't both be n must be a misprint he seized the book have i got to learn all that by heart why don't they have a short course at greenwich or Whaley or somewhere about these things i n take the n he began reading the words feverishly no that's all right you repeat it after the parson and you say i john Willie, or whatever your various names might be take thee, millicent do you see here let me fix that epaulette give me a cigarette for heaven's sake he hurriedly scanned the pages as i was to leave it so late what awful things they talk about why didn't i insist on a registry office or can't you get married over a pair of tongs somewhere what religion's that don't know gretna green or something it's too late now do stand still right here's your sword gloves he stepped back and surveyed his handiwork smiling his whimsical half-grave smile for a few seconds the two men stood looking at each other and the thoughts that passed through their minds were long long thoughts you'll do said the torpedo lieutenant at length but there was an absent look in his eyes as though his thought had gone a long way beyond the spare upright figure in blue and gold in truth they had back fifteen years or more to a moonlit night in the club garden at malta two midshipmen had finished dinner roast chicken rum omelette scotch woodcock and all the rest of it and were experimenting desperately with two cigars it was ladies night and down on the terrace a few officers wives were dining with their husbands the flagship's band was playing softly a fellow must make up his mind bill one of the midshipmen had said it's either one thing or the other either the service or women you can't serve both and it seems to me that the service ought to come first and there and then they had vowed eternal celibacy for the benefit of the navy upon which under the good providence of god the honour safety and welfare of the nation do most chiefly depend fifteen years ago you'll do repeated the torpedo lieutenant in a matter-of-fact tone and rang the bell private phillips of the royal marine light infantry entered with a gold-necked bottle and two tumblers the cork popped and the two officers raised their glasses happy days said torps salut replied the other and for a moment his eyes rested on his best man with something half wistful in their regard do you remember aldershot the middles you seconded me and we split a bottle afterwards torps nodded smiling but this is just before the battle mother they moved towards the door and for a moment he rested his hand on the heavy epaulette beside his and if you make as good a show of this as you did that afternoon you won't come to no arm old son Three. they were greeted at the church door by the beaming india rubber man come along in spot or plain I, I mean bride or bridegroom bride's friends on the left and bridegrooms on the right or is it the other way around i'm getting so rattled i've just put the old caretaker in a front pew under the impression that it was your rich aunt guns what a day what a day got the ring torps here come the bridesmaids bless em go on you two get up into your proper billets the condemned man walked with unfaltering step oh sorry i forgot the groomsmen slid into their pew with much rattling of sword scabbards and nodding of heads and whispering on their gilded shoulders appeared to lie the responsibility of the whole affair the bridegroom took up his appointed place and stood his hands linked behind his back looking down the aisle to where the choir was gathering the church seemed a sea of faces glinting uniforms and women's finery who on earth were they all he had no idea he knew so many people quite sure millicent didn't how awful it must be to have to preach a sermon the faint scent of lilies drifted up to where he was standing at his side torps shifted his feet and the ferrule of his scabbard clinked on the aisle dear old torps how he must be hating it all there was a faint stir at the entrance the bridesmaid's black velvet hats and white feathers were bobbing agitatedly he caught a glimpse of a white-veiled figure people were turning round staring and whispering dash it all it wasn't a circus what did they think they were here for there she is murmured torps not much longer now the clergyman was giving out the number of a hymn from the back of the church somewhere and the deep sweet notes of the organ poured out over their heads then the voices of the choir boys swelled up drawing nearer again the scent of lilies stand by from torps tensely the choir boys filed past singing one had on a red tie that peeped above his cassock. They glanced at him indifferently as they went by, their heads on a level with his belt-buckle. Then the white-veiled figure on the colonel's arm. Millicent. His in a few short minutes, forever and I. He drew a deep breath. "'Dearly beloved, we are gathered together here, in the sight of God.' Torps touched him lightly on the elbow. "'I, John Mainprice Edgar.' i john Main Price edgar take thee millicent take thee millicent to have and to hold that was simple enough to have and to hold and thereto i plight thee my troth how warm and steady the small hand was lying in his then gently withdrawn torps was trying to attract attention what was his trouble the ring of course the ring those whom god has joined together let no man put asunder life's haven at last or had all life been a cruise within the harbour and this the beat to open sea the brave adventure the peace of god which passes all understanding remain with you now and for evermore there was a whisper of silken petticoats and the clink of swords seems to fill the church then dominating all other sounds for a moment the old colonel blowing his nose vehemently down the aisle again the organ thundering familiar strains familiar yet suddenly imbued with a personal and intimate message millicent's arm resting on his trembling ever so lightly in the warm bouquet scented gloom of the vestry they gathered and Torps wrung the bridegroom's hand in a hard unaccustomed grip torps with his winning half-sad smile and the hair over his temple showing the first trace of grey the bride finished signing the register and rose smiling with the veil thrown back from her fair face in later years he found himself recalling a little sadly as the happiest of bachelors may do at times the queer shining gladness in her eyes he bent and touched the warm cheek with his lips then for a minute every one seemed to fall a-kissing father and daughter mother and son newly made brothers and sisters-in-law sought each other in turn the bridegroom's lady mother kissed the india-rubber man because no one else seemed to want to and they were such old friends the clergyman kissed two of the bridesmaids because he was their uncle and the colonel who had stopped blowing his nose and was cheering up kissed the other two because he wasn't in the middle of all this pleasant exercise torps who had vanished for a minute reappeared to announce that the arch of swords was ready and the carriages were alongside so the procession formed up once more bride and bridegroom the colonel and the bridegroom's lady-mother torps leading the bridegroom's new sister-in-law and a very pretty sister-in-law she was the flapper and the india rubber man a girl called etta someone on the junior watchkeeper's arm and another called dora somebody else under the escort of the ap they all passed beneath the arch of naked blades held up by the bridegroom's messmates and friends to receive a running fire of chaff and laughing congratulation to find outside in the golden afternoon sunshine that the horses had been taken from the carriage traces and a team of lusty bluejackets all very perspiring and serious of mien waiting to do duty instead four private phillips r m l i in all subsequent narrations of the events of the day and they were many and varied was wont to preface each reminiscence with me and the torpedo lieutenant and indeed he did both indefatigable workers bear justice whether it was opening carriage doors or bottles of champagne fetching fresh supplies of glass or labelling and strapping portmanteaux Private Phillips laboured with the same indomitable stertorous energy. He accepted orders with an omniscient and vehement nod of the head, usurped the duties of enraptured maid-servants with, You leave me do it, miss. I have been married meself. I knows the routine, as you might say. And Torps, superintending the distribution of beer to panting blue-jackets, whose panting in some cases was almost alarming in its realism, fetching cups of tea for stout dowagers and ices for giggling schoolgirls begging a sprig from the bridesmaids bouquets tipping policemen opening telegrams yet always with an attention ready for the bridegroom's aunt who remembered guns as such a little boy helpful even to the ubiquitous reporter of the local paper a picturesque ceremony if i may say so a most picturesque ceremony the reporter would feel for his notebook might i ask who that tall officer is with the medals my paper, uh... torps with his gentle manners and quiet smile would supply the information to the best of his ability conscious that at a wedding there are harder lots even than the best man's the india rubber man drifted disconsolately about in the crush finally coming to a momentary anchorage in a corner beside his bridesmaid miss betty no one loves me and i'm going into the garden he dropped his voice to a confidential undertone to eat worms the girl giggled weakly please don't make me laugh any more won't you stay here and have an ice instead i'm sure it would be much better for you would it do you think i've been watching the sailors drinking beer have you ever seen a sailor drink beer miss betty it's a grim sight she shook her head and there was both laughter and reproach in the young eyes considering him over the bouquet you forsook me and a nice midshipman had pity on my loneliness and brought me an ice the india-rubber man eyed her sorrowfully i turn my back for a moment to watch sailors drink beer i am a man of few recreations and return to find you sighing over the memory of another and making shocking bad puns really miss betty ah now i understand a small and pink-faced midshipman approached with two brimming glasses of champagne the india-rubber man faded discreetly away leaving his charge and her new-found knight pledging each other with sparkling eyes the bride touched her husband's sleeve in a lull in the handshaking and congratulations isn't it rather nice to see people enjoying themselves don't you feel as if you wanted everybody to be as happy as we look at betty and that boy champagne if you please how ill the child will be and she's got to go back to school tomorrow. her husband laughed softly pretty little witch torps has taken it away from her and given her some lemonade instead where's mother oh i see hobnobbing with the colonel over a cup of tea what a crush dear uh, can't can we escape soon very soon now poor boy are you very hot in those things not very the worst part's coming the rice and slippers and good-byes are you very tired darling good-bye 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 daddy yes yes i will good-bye betty darling good-bye good-bye mother mine torps you've been a brick so long good-bye not down my neck betty yes i've got the tickets good-bye good-bye the lights of dover were twinkling far astern two people a man and a woman walked to the stern of the steamer and stood close together leaning over the rail what a lot of good-byes we've said to-day murmured the woman watching the pinpoints of light that vanished and reappeared she fell silent as if following a train of thought and after all we're only going to paris we're going further than that the man took possession of her slim ungloved hands and the star-powdered heavens alone were witness to the act all the way to el dorado darling she gave him back the pressure of his fingers and presently sighed a little happily as a child sighs in its sleep and we haven't any return tickets five the members of the wedding party returned to the ship and straggled into the mess each one as he entered unbuckled his sword-belt loosened his collar and called for strong waters a gloom lay upon the gathering possibly the shadow of an angel's wing i feel as if i've been to a funeral growled the paymaster awful shows these weddings are poor old guns said the a p lugubriously she's a jolly nice girl anyway maintained the young doctor yes sighed the junior watchkeeper. but still he was a good chap the india-rubber man was the last to enter he added his sword to the heap already on the table glanced at the solemn countenance of his messmates and lit a cigarette sunt rerum lacrime i am reminded of a harrowing story he began leaning against the tiled stove recounted to me by a, a lady we met in london at a place of popular entertainment and our acquaintance was judged by the standards of conventionality perhaps slender the india-rubber man paused and looked gravely from face to face however he continued encouraged by my frank open countenance and sympathetic manner she was constrained to tell the story of how she once loved and lost the narrator broke off and appeared to have forgotten how the story went on in dreamy contemplation of his cigarette the mess waited in silence at length the junior watchkeeper could bear it no longer what did she tell you the india-rubber man thoughtfully exhaled a cloud of smoke she said pa shot him sniff Oh, i loved him sniff lord ow e did bleed End of chapter 24